This morning, I want to share with you a little bit from my time at the Presbyterian Youth Triennium. For those of you that haven't been or haven't heard of this before, it is the biggest youth conference that our denomination puts on. It is called Triennium because it only happens every three years. And every three years, about 5,000 youth and their strong adult leaders go to Purdue University for a week of worship and recreation and service. And it was with your blessing that I embarked on this journey to Indiana to be a small group leader. I had about 20 people in my small group. And the core of Triennium is really the worship. There's daily worship. It goes for about two hours each day, which may seem like too much until you realize that it's an air-conditioned building and it's about 100 degrees outside. <laughs> and they quite smartly tend to put worship right after lunch during the heat of the day, for which everyone is thankful. It was 100 degrees while we, were, while we were there, so just keep that in the back of your mind. I was up and playing around at 9 o'clock. I didn't go to bed until much after 10, and I never saw the thermostat or the thermometer on the Great Lawn go below 90. It was quite a week. As I said, Triennium is really driven by its worship services, and it was our first worship that opened with a rap. A rap led by youth, and I'm going to say it for you now. I am who I am, and I be who I'm gonna be. That's the name of the one who made you and me. A bush that was burning told a man who was turning. Now it's time for 5,000 youth to start learning about who God was and is and will be and came into the world as the man we know as J.C., a.k.a. the way, the truth, and the life. So if you're feeling like you're living on the edge of a knife, listen up, because God knows where the road you're on leads. I'll help you carry the load if you'll lean on me, because I am. I am a child of God, and I find I'm put on the earth to make the most of my time. If you feel like we do and you want to let it shine, get your hands in the air and get down with our rhyme. I am a part of the whole and we can make a change in the world when together we stand. Because I am designed to be part of God's plan, walking every day with the great I am. I am. Oh, emphasis. Remember that this is rap. <laughs> so those words were wrapped a lot faster, along with a few other verses by a group of high school students called Many Voices, a drama team created especially for Triennium by Asheville Youth Mission. Asheville Youth Mission, AYM, is a neat organization that runs mission trips and empowers youth to lead creative worship. They were on fire. Six teams led sections of worship acting out scripture and creating skits that were frequently more powerful than the preachers. And skit might be the wrong term. Each youth was a character, seemingly a caricature of their own life, but who knows. 
Each took on a persona and spoke directly to the congregation about what was going on in their character's life. There was the male jock, obsessed with girls and looking good, who turned out to be looking for ways to get acceptance from his father. The uptight girl, who worked hard at school because she needed a way to check out at home. The church gal, who was on fire for Christ and yearning for deeper relationships, but having a difficult time finding them. An affluent guy, who felt pressure to perform at school and fulfill his pedigree, but had no idea what he believed and wasn't sure he wanted to go to a prestigious college, let alone become a lawyer like his father. The edgy girl, who was a little rough around the edges. She felt isolated, and she had a few hard questions for God, if God exists. As the week went on, each character revealed more about their fears and insecurities, family and social issues, and faithful doubts. By the end of the conference, it was easy to think we knew these youth, because so many youth in the congregation resonated with their stories. These young people were stellar, and most could go on to pursue theatrical educations. They were that poised and engaging. But the story that amazed me the most is the true story of our final character. It's actually the story of the actor, guy number three. And he was the weakest of the troop. In fact, he had interesting but lesser roles throughout the week. And he seemed dreadfully nervous. In that last worship service, however, on Saturday, something had obviously changed in him. He was confident. His voice was clear and strong for the first time. I don't know what happened for him internally between Friday night worship and Saturday morning, but someone told me his story. Indeed, he was nervous because he was a football player and he had never acted or been on stage before he stepped up to that stage in front of 5,000 of his peers. So yes, he was a little stiff at first, but to go from being a shy football player to a central role on stage is not easy transformation. It's Moses-esque. And this young man, like the acting troupe, embodied the spirit of Triennium. For Triennium is a place where youth are cherished for being the church today. Not the future church, but that they are the church. And it is a conference where adults try to create a space in which senior high youth can be their best selves. We adults try to stay out of their way, off of the stage as much as possible. And the whole thing is run as a partnership between adults and youth. The planning team was split with youth and adults. The recreation stage leadership, people leading energizers during worship, and games and activities were half youth and half adults. The drama team was exclusively youth, and that balanced the adult preachers. This is not a conference where adults try to give our best wisdom. It's rather a creative week, with healthy limits and some accountability. We turn the youth loose, we turn the youth loose on Purdue's campus, with the goal of creating a culture that is open to God's leading 
reflecting the divine mystery and openness that we all crave, but rarely live in today's busy world. We try to create a space that is so welcoming and authentic with our whole best selves that we just can't contain our joy for God and for one another. It's a big challenge. But I think that is exactly why so many of us, adults and youth alike, spent the time to be present. I came away with an overwhelming sense of joy and contentment, not because of any one moment, but because I felt hopeful when I was surrounded by so great a cloud of young and energetic witnesses. My small group was number 83 out of 200. And it was filled with youth from around the country. In fact, I was the only person from the West Coast. We had two other adult chaperones from different churches in the Midwest. And small group 83 was filled with 17 guys and gals from different churches in over a dozen states. Texas, Florida, Ohio, Michigan, Illinois. We were a rather young group with only one senior, which played out in interesting ways. We were nervous and fearful. Some of us were uncomfortable and tried to derail conversations away from personal sharing. It was too much. Some of us were worldly and cynical, already recognizing the needs of the world, knowing the power and money games afoot, and feeling small and powerless. And I was surprised by our group's seeming lack of optimism at times. And yet, there were breakthrough moments. On Thursday, we talked about hunger and played a simulation. I randomly divided the group into three sections, high, moderate, and low income. Each group represented countries in our world. And we read stories from the people in these countries about their needs, about how they live, and what concerns them as a people. Our groups were in proportion to these actual groups in our world. We had three high-income people, about seven moderate-income people, and 10 low-income. Then I passed out Skittles to each group in proportion to how much of the world's food supply they controlled. The low-income group only, refused, only received a few Skittles on a napkin, and there were more people than there were pieces of candy. The moderate income group received almost 10% of the Skittles, or just over one candy per person. And the high income group, all three of them, received a plastic bowl filled with Skittles. I gave no more instructions. I sat down and pretended like it was snack time and I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> a young man an African-American boy, and our group's athlete, didn't consult with his fellow rich people. He just turned to me and quietly said, may I share these? Now being the wise group leader, I wanted to say, not yet, let them squirm a little bit. <laughs> I want to see what happens with them over here that don't have enough. But I was touched, and I replied, sure. And then this young man got up with his bowl of Skittles and served everyone in the low-income group first, 
And what I kept thinking was this looked like communion or foot washing because he looked at each person and, and offered them Skittles individually. And then he went to the next person and he went all around the middle income group, or low income group, then the middle income group. And then he started to walk back to his friends and took a big swig of Skittles <laughs> and sat down and didn't even offer it to the two people on either side of him. I was reminded that he's a high school youth after all. But there were so many wonderful small moments like this over the week. So many stories of grace and awe. Moments of feeling part of something bigger and more important than myself. There was connection and community, even among our large contingent. And we put that large number to use. We were part of a Stop Hunger Now event. And Stop Hunger Now is a wonderful nonprofit that prepares simple, nutritious meals and sends them around the world to people who need food. Their research shows that countries need to be about 40% literate before they have the skills and the tools to bring themselves out of poverty. And so Stop Hunger Now works with schools in these areas to make sure that there are meals for the children because parents are more likely to send their kids to school if they know there's something for them to eat. Trinium became a mass assembly. 5,000 people, two hours, one enormous unair conditioned space. We became an assembly line that created over 145,000 meals in two hours. It is the largest Stop Hunger Now event that they've ever done. And they were very pleased with the amount of work that we were able to put into one day. Incidentally, each of the meals cost about 25 cents start to finish making the meal, sending it to the people in need. With our amazing numbers of people, we also took up an offering and collected over $24,500 to be split among two charities. We held worship outside on a hillside amphitheater. And after communion, we were given candles. And we sang a little bit, and we were blessed and said, have a good evening. But no one wanted to leave. And somewhere to my right, there started an impromptu singing of this little light of mine, and the whole hillside erupted in singing together. And we just stood there, and of course, cameras were flashing. And lots of those pictures are now online. But to stand there was to not want to let that moment go. This moment of being connected to people all across the United States, of multiple ages, being together in solidarity as Christians and as Presbyterians. And we also, as a group, heard from people and youth around the world, because other Presbyterians wanted to be here for this event. One young man came from Pakistan, and he spoke of the persecution he faces daily due to his faith as a Christian. We heard greetings from many countries, from many faces and positions in the Presbyterian Church, both PCUSA and Cumberland Presbyterian. And we heard some of the best preachers that our denominations have to offer. 
Could we? These Presbyterians, we Presbyterians, have generous spirits. It is this spirit, this flame, that drives Triennium. From free hugs on t-shirts and signs and just given randomly as you're walking down the street, to mass texting trying to find the best Starbucks because some of us need an espresso. <laughs> it is that same spirit that pulls us together then and today. And for the last thousands of years since we heard, I am first speak to us. Walking every day with God, the great I am, as the rap says, is not always as dramatic and uplifting as just one day at Triennium. Yet I can't help but think that weeks like this are important because they create space in our life, in our world, in our denomination, that remind us of whose we are and how we might share that love in creative ways. For when I am calls, I hope that we are listening and willing to give and to receive, like Moses, like the football player, like the guy with the Skittles, because we are God's children, and we carry the same flame and the same love and As many voices rap said, I am a part of the whole, and we can make a change in the world when together we stand, because I am designed to be part of God's plan, walking every day with the great I am. I am, God is, we are children of God. <laughs>